Thanks so much for listening in to the Saints Hill Church Podcast. Our vision is to see heaven come to earth, and we do this by equipping the saints to know who they are in Christ, to walk in freedom through the truth, and make disciples who change the world. We hope this message draws you further into relationship with our Father, and if you would like to give to the mission of Saints Hill, please visit our website at saintshill.church. And thank you. Your generosity helps to keep Saints Hill going. Now, on to the message. We are in um, a, a series called The Gospel. The Gospel. And I, I have the honor and the privilege to actually wrap that up. Uh, Alex gave me a little prompt about the gospel, and he said, hey, preach on anything in regards to what is our message to the world. What is our message to the world? Um, and guys, I am greatly encouraged because I could, I could speak for myself and anybody who teaches here that our goal, our, our desire every time we teach is to have this framework of what is feeding us will feed his people. I don't know about you, but anytime there's a message where it's just like, hey, here's a bunch of facts, this is what I'm, I'm doing, um, that, that's good and you could understand that, but it's actually his life on his words is what brings transformation. And so I'm just so, I'm sitting here humbled because the Lord started speaking to me about this message about two weeks ago. And it's been two weeks of me, oh, pressure's on, here we go. No, but it's been two weeks of me just being fed on, hey, Lord, tell me in this time. There's so many messages that the church can give to the world. There's so many. But I, I, I sat with the Lord and said, God, would you give me a fresh perspective and message of what you want to say to the world right now? What is one specific thing? And, and that's kind of risky because you're like, there's so many, but just is, is that one thing fine? And I felt so much peace of him just saying, yeah, I, I want you to talk about this. I want, I want to talk to you about this. And what he, what he brought to mind is when I was sitting there and I said, what is our message to the world? He said, talk about the, the idea of work. I was like, okay. What does that mean, talk about the idea of work? And then he said, tell, and, and I know this is the message for the world, but this spoke to me. So this may be a message for the church, but it's also to strengthen us, to build us up, to give a message out to the world, okay? And so you may be reminded of some of, the, of this stuff. And I heard, he said, teach about work. I said, okay. And he said, show the good news that I can bring to people's work. I was like, okay. And specifically, I, the reason why that was kind of feeding me was work is such a big deal to people. Christians, um, unbelievers, work is a big deal. It's such a big deal to the point of like, how many, like when you meet someone new, the first question you ask is like, what do you do? Right? It's a big deal. Um, and we'll get here in a second, but I think it's a big deal because we also see in Genesis that we were actually created to work. I think about even if you have a nine to five, Monday through, like, like you're at your job working like more than you're at home. And I see so many people in the world, but also in the church, to be honest, so many people where when I sit down, get coffee with them, talk to them, all they want to talk to me about, and I'm not, this is not good or bad. I'm just saying it's, it, I'm showing that it's a big deal. They talk about their work. They talk about how they don't like their work. They talk about how they do like their work. They talk about all the projects they're doing. Another phrase in regard to work that I'm going to use a lot in this message is life building. We're building like our life, right? And so it's such a big deal. And so I was asking the Lord, I was like, because I was thinking, oh, when I look out in the world right now, there's a lot of people that are just 
I guess to be frank, I just feel in culture and, and in the world, people just stressed. <laughs> They're stressed. I sense, even in my own life, striving, stress, um, in regards to career, calling, work, everything is always just like work and stress. And I felt like, Lord, speak to me. of What is a, and then so, hope you're tracking. Remember I said the ADD thing? I was talking to the Lord about work, and then he said, I specifically want to talk to you about work. Because, and I, I said, Lord, okay, in regards to work, I want a message to give to the world. I remember saying this verbatim. This is just how I think and talk to the Lord. What is good news that will relate to the multimillionaire who has five biz- businesses and the college student that is just working to build his career and doesn't have a job? What is a good news message that will relate to every single person? Does that make sense? So he started kind of revealing this to me. And in the midst of that, I got a prophetic word like probably two weeks ago. And then right when I woke up, I texted Alex, right when I woke up this morning, right when I opened my eyes, I felt the spirit bring it back up. And he said, Saints Hill Church is going to put the good back in the news. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Well, God's faithful and he likes to speak to his children. So I was like, wait, what? And he's like, St. Hill Church is on a journey right now of putting the good back in news. And I just, I prophetically feel like that this message um, by the Spirit, hopefully, is going to be the kickstart to that. To actually remind uh, the church, his, his children, his people, of the good in the good news of the gospel. Because I was even telling my wife today, I was thinking, I was like, and I think about this stuff all the time. I don't know if you do as well. I have a lot of friends who are non-believers, and they have really good lives. They do. And I'm like, and honestly, in this day and age with just like information happening all the time, a lot of those people know the news. They know the Jesus story. I think of one friend in particular. He, know, he, could, he probably knows the, the Jesus story better than I do at times. He knows it but he hasn't said yes. So he has the news, but it's not good news. And so I was telling my wife, I was like, I, I told her this prophetic word, and then I got this picture of like a vacuum. I was like, you could have like a really like not a vacuum that sucks. You could have a, uh, dad, thank you. You could have a not so good vacuum, and you know that the best on the line is Dyson. You know what the Dyson does, you know all of that, but practically, you're like, oh, mine does the thing. It's like, I don't need the Dyson. But then when a friend says, hey, actually, hey, you know what's all in the Dyson, but let me bring it over and I show you how quickly it does it. You see the good in the news, if you will, and you're like, I need to have that vacuum. Does that make sense? So God is restoring and he's using Saints Hill as a tool to restore the news to make it good again. That makes me excited. Let's flip in our Bible to Genesis. Genesis 1. Um, we're going to look at Genesis one twenty six. So 
So we're going to look at three different passages, and we're going to almost have like an old-fashioned Bible study. We'll just read it together, and we'll see what the Spirit has to say. Genesis, so have your uh, thumbs ready to be flippy. Genesis 1, 26, and this is, uh, I want to look at this passage because like I said, um, I would argue that work for the human is a big deal because we were created to work, but we're about to see uh, how and why we were created to work. Genesis 1, 26 says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. As I read this, let identity wash over you. Like, let what God says about you and what he says about mankind and why we were created, get a fresh perspective of, oh, wow, there's a lot of identity statements in here. In our likeness, so that they may rule, say rule, over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 27. So God created mankind in his own image. That's powerful. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I love this. Think about identity statement. Verse 28, God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So real quick, he, what is he saying? He's saying be fruitful. To me, I'd like to change, like have our perspective focus on fruitful, increase, fill, subdue. I would argue this is like work language. This is like doing stuff. And in youth group, to be honest, I always heard that as kind of just like, oh, have sex. Like be fruitful, multiply means have sex. That's awesome, and I think that's a big part of it. But we actually see that God created you in his likeness, and what he's saying is be fruitful and multiply my image. Okay? So, yes, it's, it's not just it's sex, have kids, that's awesome, but it's not just that. He's saying, hey, I've created you, I've blessed you, and now recreate, be fruitful, work, and multiply this blessing on earth. Okay, we're getting there. And then it says, rule, say rule. It's like another like work language. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Wow, okay. So we see right at the beginning that humans were created in his likeness. That's a beautiful identity statement. And that we see that he blesses them. That's beautiful. And then he calls you to rule and reign and work. This is awesome. Let's move on to uh, chapter 2. Let's look at verse maybe 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And listen to this. And the man became a living being. What does this say about how we were created? That they became a living being when his breath got inside them. That's a little insight to say that we were actually created to live by his voice. We were created to work, rule, reign, subdue. But how do we do that? As living beings from his breath. This is good. Verse 15. Skip down. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to what? Work it, sister. (laughs) And 
Take care of it. More working language. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Real quick, quick nugget. That like when I was reading this, I was like, wow. How many of you know like later, because we were astute Bible students, right? We, we see when they ate the fruit, did they just die? So God's either a liar or he says you will die if you eat of the fruit. Are you tracking? So they, because it's not like a snow white apple poison fall down. But I think God is telling the truth, so something died. Okay. What died? I would argue, and we'll get to it later, what died was that image. Innocence. Are you tracking? Verse 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to man. This is awesome. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. (sighs) Here's more identity stuff. Now kind of full circle of, of we're created to work. What is this saying? This is now an insight that we were created to co-labor with God. The gospel's simple. I'm a simple guy. So I'm praying that this comes alive in us again. That actually God, the creator of the universe, created you, and he has so much honor and dignity for his creation that it actually would go as far as saying, hey, I'm going to co-labor with you. He went and got the animals, put them in front. It was almost sounds fun, like a fun dad. I'm so excited to see what you're about to name this, and here's what I think about you. When you say this thing, that will be its name. That's pretty awesome. Okay. I think it's awesome. It shows, so we're getting a framework of work, okay? Just real quick. A framework, and this is all the outline and framework for the message to the world, right? Is that we're created to work, but how? Co-laborers with Christ. So think about back at the beginning, I talked about people are stressed in their work. Like, like, think about the multimillionaire with multiple businesses or the person who's, like, trying to get the degree, maybe doesn't have that much money in the account. Whatever it is, wherever you find that person, the news for them is that you actually, in that work, are created to co-labor with God. That's awesome. Okay? Now, let's skip to chapter 3, verse 6. When the woman saw... That the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, pay attention to this, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And then think about when I was talking about the death part. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. This is Jake's opinion. I would argue at that verse 7, is when he said, you will certainly die, that was the death taking place. Where it was, what happened was I created you to work. So maybe track with me here for a second. God created people to work, not just work, but then co-labor with them, okay? Co-labor with God, right after all of those identity statements, if you will, of why you were created, co-laboring, to uh, I bless you, be fruitful, rule and reign. Work the garden. Co-labor with me. Name things. In the context of work, 
humans we see had the desire to actually choose a different reality, to actually say that that, uh, what I was created for, that work that I was created for, is actually not enough. Because I would actually argue that the things that Adam and Eve were looking for, that desire of, of wisdom and knowledge, I would argue that would, that would have came from them walking in the cool of the day with the Lord. That actually you were created in his image to work. That actually everything you need for work can come through this co-laboring. But we did some, in Alex's language, we decided to do some serpent stuff. That actually, hey, I actually think that I have this identity thing kind of on lock, but I'm going to, I need a little bit more. I want this fruit. So what died in them? From eating of the fruit that promised knowledge and eating fruit that could bring about this wisdom game and like life building, their life building and, and their working, everything in the context of them just were working, they reached for this fruit. And I feel like a little nugget that I got from this was this idea of what's very cool is what I see as New Testament believers is we got an identity spoken over us, what we see humans did, and out of their own works, they said, in this life, to get the fruit that I need, the wisdom that I need, I'm going to base it on my works and reach out and actually say no to the covenant of co-laboring. I'm going to say no to that and get fruit. But now as New Testament believers, here we go. I'm slowly putting the good back in the news. That now as New Testament believers, we get to eat another fruit that hung on a different tree. That there's another fruit from God the Father who hung on a different tree and his work was based on his works and that we actually can find all of the knowledge of good and evil, if you will, the secrets of life, what life, the way of life, we actually find it through one man and that's Jesus. That actually as New Testament believers, we don't have to look for fruit on a tree from our own way of work, but we actually find fruit through the work that Jesus did. We're slowly getting there. So when I was thinking about um, this, I was like, okay, Lord, okay, so this is the framework of, of work. But a lot of this is like, okay, maybe you learned something new in what I said, and you're like, oh, that's good. Like, that is, I'm getting the good back in the news, okay? But I would argue that the way that the news can get good again is very practical. So this is the framework of just like, okay, yeah, I get Genesis, I get why we are created, but what makes it good? Like how I said, I have a buddy. He probably knows the Genesis story. So it's like, okay, we're slowly getting to good news, but like, I get it. So you're saying, okay, uh, don't work out of stress anymore. Just say yes to Jesus and life's going to be good. Okay, well, no, this is just like the news, but now let's get it practical. Why does the Dyson actually work good? <laughs> okay, so then in thinking of that, the Lord said, let's flip our Bibles to, he said, I want to bring you back to Matthew 11. And we're going to read verse 28. Okay, so we're starting to get an identity of why we were created to work. And it's to co-labor. So already that's kind of good news for people. It's like, hey, um, you were never meant to do this on your own. Say yes to Jesus and life's going to be awesome. You're like, okay. 
But there's people in the world right now that, like, like I said, have really good lives, and they're like, I know the story, but I don't need it. I don't need this. So what makes the news good? This is where it gets very practical, and Jesus gets up close and personal. 11.28 says this, and this is so simple. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find a rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I'm thinking about people that I know or culture or people just stressed. It always feels like in culture that I'm, I'm fighting for approval. I'm, I'm t- like uh, people are looking for an identity instead of working from one. People are kind of just stressed. And, and what Jesus says is, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love this because it's like a lordship scripture. What, it, what does it tell me? It actually says that, hey, I believe that this is truth. I believe Jesus is the person of truth. And so what he's saying is, you need rest. There's only one place to get it, and it's me. If you feel weary, if you feel burdened, come find rest with me, and I will give it to you. What does that tell me? That rest is a gift that comes from a person. So the message that I would tell the person who's like stressed out and fighting for their, all their businesses or the student that's like freaking out, I would tell them, hey, you're created to co-labor with Christ, but here's, here's the deal. I don't know if this is a good way to look at it, but it's almost like I'm sitting at, with them at a table and I'm kind of like, here's the deal. If you come and make Jesus king, Imagine this. This was, this was like totally wrecking me today in a good way. That I was like, life is short. Especially when you have a kid, life just gets kind of shorter. I was like, I have like 70, maybe 80 years, give or take, of years of good work. There's somebody named Jesus that's saying, hey, whenever you feel uh, weary or burdened, I will give you rest. That in all your work, because how do I know that this is work? The next scripture is he says, take up my yoke. He's not talking in the context of, hey, hey, uh, life's going to be like kind of hard. And so just come to me and we can like sit my, sit my ties on the beach and just not worry about anything. He's saying this in the context of work. Yoke, how many of you know like yoke is this instrument that holds two oxen together? So he's talking, hey, in this life-building process, in your work, for all the years of your life, if you make me king, I will give you rest. But how do you do that? You take on my yoke, okay? Take on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yoke is easy and burden is light. I think that's good news because whether it's, whether, like I said, whether it's for like somebody who has a bunch of money and like feels like, hey, I, like I got all my stuff in a row or there's somebody who's figuring it out. Imagine somebody saying, hey, in all your work, if you die to yourself and come and follow me, that actually this is the person that wants to fulfill, he, he gave you desires. He's saying, hey, in that, find me in your work and walk. watch how for all the years to come, that work will be easy 
and light. It's good news. So we're slowly putting the good back in the news. Is this blessing anyone? It's blessing me. Okay. Because of time, let's flip to this. Let's flip to Romans 14, 17. And we'll wrap up with this. Like I think about my friends that don't know the Lord and they're like, I know the whole story. It's like I'm getting refreshed with this message of like, hey, deep down, you're working for this thing. You're working. You've chose to actually uh, break off of why you were created, of co-laboring, ruling, and reigning. And now you're, you're in this constant cycle of building your own life and working, your career, your calling. And deep down, if you ask people, they don't have rest. And it's like, hey, the good news is that Jesus wants to work with you. And for all your days, you get a yoke that is easy and light. That's what I want to tell all my friends that don't believe. Hey, this is what's different. It's awesome. So we prayed for this scripture, through this scripture. Um, We see, uh, 17, it says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. For some reason, I think it's funny how it like throws in human approval. It's like you don't, we don't need human approval, but it's like, hey, if you serve the world and work in this way and in the spirit, through the spirit, through righteousness, peace, and joy, you'll please God and man and get their approval. That's pretty awesome. It's good news. Somebody's getting the good news. So real quick, in regards to work, I'm sitting in front of my friend who doesn't, what is the message to the world? I'm sitting in front of them, and it's like, hey, you were created to work. So all the work that you're doing and and the striving and the building of your life, all of that, like, you were created to work, but you're created to co-labor. And then what does that co-laboring look like? It's taking up Jesus' yoke. And now, actually, hey, get this. All you look in your industry and everyone's, the way that they're working, stressed, don't have soul, spirit rest. Well, Jesus actually says he'll give you, uh, he'll work with you. And through that work of making him king, it'll be light and easy. It's like, wow, it's good news. And so what is, what is Jesus talking about? When he shows up on the scene, he's like, here's my kingdom. This is kingdom stuff. This is kingdom lifestyle. This is what it looks like to be part of my kingdom. And what we see here, Paul talks about the three main ingredients, if you will, of what is in the kingdom. And I think that this can super, to, to try and land this plane, this can super speak to our work and a good message for the world. Is that this, that in the kingdom, if you say yes to Jesus and then say yes to his kingdom, this is what your inheritance is as a son and daughter. You get righteousness. What is righteousness? We talked about it when we prayed for, for each other. It's right standing with God. So I think about all my friends that are working in life. What is the message to the world? They're working in life, and they're constantly working to try and get the approval of themselves, get approval for the father or the mother that they didn't have, that didn't speak life into them. They're trying to work to get in right standing with God and with people. But hey, when you say yes to his kingdom, righteousness is your inheritance. So now you actually, you were created to work, 
but you're now a worker co-laboring with God. The yoke is easy, the burden's light, and righteousness is your inheritance. So what does that mean? That in this culture of work and striving, you've actually already been accepted. That you actually now get to work from an identity, not for one. And so now, when you know who you are in Christ, you have righteousness as your inheritance, what does that do? All striving ceases, and what is knocking on the door next? Peace. You can have deep soul, spirit, mind, peace, because you've already been accepted. So in all your working, in all that you're doing, the message to the world is actually saying, hey, everything that you do in this life and work is now a cherry on top. Because you're looking to get approval from everyone else. But how can you get approval for somebody when you've already been accepted fully? So now you can have this heavenly commodity called peace. What is peace? The shalom of God. Fullness and wholeness in in the spirit of God. This is good news. Jesus is saying, if you say yes to my kingdom, this is what you get. So you have righteousness and then you have peace. And then when you're at so much peace, what's knocking on the door next? Joy. When you understand I'm in right standing with God, that actually I've already been approved of, and now my working is just to expand his kingdom, not my project. Come on. My, pro- my project is down, and now I say yes to his kingdom. And, and it also I see that my desires are getting fulfilled in that. I'm accepted, and now I have so much peace, and now I have so much joy, because now, ooh, now I have joy because I get to laugh at anything that the, at, that the world tries to throw at me. And now I get to enjoy that everything is mercy, and everything is grace, and everything in my work and what I'm called to do is a gift, because I've already been accepted, I have peace, and I have joy. Let's all stand. Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store, or visit our website.